This episode of 1514 is brought to you by the BCC's Building Bridges campaign. Help us build unity by creating connection in the biblical counseling world by supporting us monthly. Go to biblicalcc.org, click on the donate button, and sign up to support us today. Thank you. Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 15:14, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today's episode of 1514 is another in the series highlighting the history of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. My guest today is Randy Patton, who was at the time of the founding of the BCC, the executive director of NANC. Randy was key and instrumental in helping establish the Biblical Counseling Coalition, and he's continued to serve as a member of the BCC Council and as a member of the Board of Directors for the last 10 years. It was a real pleasure to have Randy on the podcast, and I hope it's a real blessing to you as well. Welcome to today's episode of 1514. It's a pleasure to have you with us. If you're brand new to the program, welcome. We are excited to have you. Uh, Be sure to check out some of our previous episodes. We are up, I think, almost to 150 episodes now, so there's plenty for you to go back and fill your time with. If you've been listening for a while, we appreciate your loyalty. Uh, Please share our ministry on your social media outlets, uh, jump online, give us a review and a rating. That way more people can find out about 1514 and the ministry of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. Uh, Well, I have with me today a guest who is familiar to many of you who's been in the Biblical Counseling Movement for some time. Uh, Randy Patton, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Curtis. It's great. And I'm looking forward to our, our visit. Well, Randy, a lot of people know you uh, because you were the longest serving executive director at at NANC, which is now ACBC, I think served there 16 years. Uh, But tell tell those who aren't familiar with you a little bit about yourself and and what you're doing now. Yeah, I um, had the privilege of growing up in southeastern Ohio in a very rural area right near where the Garden of Eden used to be, I think. (laughs) And I had a wonderful childhood, attended Cedarville uh, College, now Cedarville Mm -hmm. University. It was very, very meaningful to me. And then Grace Theological Seminary. And uh, while I was at Grace uh, receiving an excellent education theologically, I did an internship with Dave Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was pastoring his first, he was in his first senior pastorate. And uh, that was just a wonderful experience for Cindy and me to be under his preaching, teaching, and then for me to... uh, learned so much about pastoring uh, from him. And I learned how to lead people to faith in Christ in their living room, watching Dave Jeremiah do it. Mm. And um, that was very meaningful. Through his influence, I became a pastor of a church across town that was a rescue work. And they'd averaged 38 in Sunday school the two months before I got there. And uh, I served there for 12 years. And one of the things that I like to tell people is that during the time uh, I was the pastor there, the church celebrated its 25th anniversary, <clears throat> and we got uh, special mugs and things developed. And I still have a my white mug that says Westridge Baptist Church, Randy Patton, Senior Pastor, Stuart Scott, Assistant Pastor. Oh, wow. And uh, Stuart and I had the privilege of working together uh, during those years when we both were uh, younger and getting started in ministry. And he was a huge, huge blessing to me and to our church. And then after that, I served uh, 12 years as a pastor to pastors and a consultant to churches, uh, 
with our particular group of churches. And then in 1997, Bill Good, the uh, executive director of NANC, uh, died unexpectedly of a heart attack. And that set the stage for me to become his successor and to become the first full-time executive director for NANC, now ACBC, and served with uh, uh, that organization for uh, 18 years, 16 as the executive director. Now I work, uh, when I left ACBC at the end of 2015, I started Team Focus Ministries. And if you think about the letters T-E-A-M, Cindy and I wanted to continue being faithful and fruitful and try to combine all that we had learned. And so T stands, I'm involved in training counselors through speaking at conferences and doing supervision. Uh, E is in, is a, encouraging people in vocational ministry. And I've said for decades, sooner or later, every pastor needs a pastor. And so I'm like Mm -hmm. a pastor to pastors, particularly when they're hurting. A is advising church leaders on how to start a counseling ministry or how to make it better or stronger. And A, or excuse me, M is ministering the word, like preaching and teaching on Sundays and when we don't have COVID. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I look forward to getting back on the road, preaching and teaching, and ministering the word again. So, it's a wonderful phase of life, and I'm very grateful for God' grace and allowing me to keep serving at this uh, chapter of life and ministry. Yeah, well, I appreciate that because I know, and I know a lot of people have benefited from your ministry in in all of those arenas. I actually, for some reason, didn't have the connection there with you and Stuart Scott. He was one of my professors at Masters and one of the the people who really influenced me to to pursue biblical counseling as well. So that's a that's a good history. And I I probably don't go a month without hearing somebody say, "Well, Randy Patton was my supervisor uh, when I was getting, becoming a biblical counselor." So yeah. definitely. definitely Definitely minister to and continue to minister to many, many, many people. Uh, well, with with team, uh, if somebody is looking to be uh, supervised or have you come teach or ask you questions about how to start a ministry, how could they connect with you and, and uh, take part in team focused ministries? Yeah, I would prefer that they just email me uh, initially, and uh, they can just contact me at Randy at teamfocusministries.org. And, uh, you know, just explain their situation or ask a question and leave their phone number. <clears throat> and um, I'll either email them back or arrange a time when we can talk. Just yeah. Randy at teamfocusministries.org. That's great. And uh, just encourage anybody out there who has need in those areas, whether it's uh, wanting advice, if you're a pastor or ministry leader who needs some care, Randy would be a great, great resource. And Cindy as well, because she is definitely your partner in ministry. Absolutely. So we really appreciate you both. Um, We are going to be releasing this this podcast in the month of November 2020, which is the the 10th anniversary month of the founding of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. And I wanted to uh, go back and ask some of the people who were there at the beginning of the BCC to share a little bit about their experience, what led to the founding of the BCC. And you were, you are still on the board of directors and a council member for the BCC and were one of the founding members. And you served a really, uh, being in the leadership role at NANC, were instrumental and really key part of that. So could you tell everybody a little bit about what what that was like, what you were doing, and how this this ministry came into being. Yeah. Well, um, I was uh, trained in biblical counseling 44 years ago, and biblical counseling was not near as popular, I would say it that way, back then as it is now. Uh, 
And as I grew in my counseling skills, began counseling, began going to other conferences, um, I began seeing that there are others besides the people that initially trained me. I mean, the first NANC conference I went to was in St. Louis in, um, I think it was 1986. And I mean, there's like 40 or 50 people in a downstairs basement classroom, and that's the annual conference. Wow. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was that year that Bill Good became the executive director and things started moving uh, upward again, but that was a pretty sad situation for an organization's annual conference. And, but later, you know, I learned about CCEF. I first then learned about, excuse me, about NANC. Then I learned about CCEF and then the um, other organizations and everything. And uh, I came to believe that there is a genuine biblical counseling movement these days. I mean, there's all mm-hmm. kinds of organizations that have sprung up and, uh, oftentimes I was found myself answering questions about, well, what's Randy, what's the difference between NANC and this organization or how do you guys differ from that organization and everything? Mm-hmm. And it just seemed to me like there was too much friendly fire mm-hmm. and there were too many people, too much energy being spent to, um, disagreeing. And I found that when I made efforts to befriend people in other organizations that I benefited from those friendships. And um, I traveled with some of our NANC board members at times to meet with leaders of other organizations to try to resolve supposed controversies between us and get a face-to-face meeting and you discover, yeah, we differ in a few things, but we agree on so much. Mm. And I just thought the the biblical counseling movement would be helped uh, if the leaders of different organizations were talking to each other instead of about each other. Hmm. And that was my primary burden for being a part of the BCC and remains that way. I, I think leaders in biblical counseling ought to be talking to each other, not about each other, whether it's through email, blogs, podcast, whatever. We need to be talking to each other, either face-to-face or over the phone, or, you know, I guess you can do a Zoom call. But, I mean, we need to be communicating. Yeah, I think going forward, there's going to come a day when we're being persecuted as Christians, and the other people in the biblical counseling, greater biblical counseling movement, I think we're going to find ourselves in the same foxhole with them, and we're going to view them as friends. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a good word. Like we're going to, um, there, there's enough controversy, enough difficulty and enough things in the world that where people disagree about us on significant issues, they're going to come against us. And I think at that point, some of the lesser, uh, not insignificant, but maybe lesser significant issues that divide are going to go by the wayside. Um, yeah. Uh, well at the time you're running, you're running NANC, uh, now ACBC, which is the largest certifying organization in biblical counseling was at that time. I think it still is today. Um, why, why did you kind of give me your thinking of how your motivation to get ACBC and NANC 
or Nank at the time involved as an organization uh, working with these others? Because historically, you know, if you read David Pallison's uh, book, The Biblical Counseling Movement, and then Dr. Lambert's book, uh, The The Counseling Movement After Adams, uh, CCF and, and Nank were birthed out of the same, you know, basically the same people <laughs> started yeah. them and were leading them. But then there was this kind of this division over time and then uh, a movement to move back in a sense. What were, what were you thinking in the leadership role there at NANC and, and how did you want to steer that organization into a cooperative? Yeah, uh, yeah well, I, I'm, I'm so humbled and thankful that God allowed me to become NANC certified many years ago and then later to serve on the board and then ultimately to serve as the executive director. It was a great privilege and I'm a huge fan of uh, ACBC and so thankful for Dale Johnson and his team there in Kansas City and what they're doing now. And I spend Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, primarily of every week, uh, supervising people that are pursuing ACBC certification. And Cindy and I uh, continue to support the organization financially, along with the BCC. Uh, part of what motivated me was I kept, ask, I kept answering questions about biblical counseling, or back then about neuthetic counseling. And what I was discovering was that many people had negative views of biblical counseling and had negative views of NANC because they had been told a caricature of biblical counseling or a caricature of NANC, and they rejected uh, the biblical counseling or NANC based on that caricature. And I was just spending so much time correcting caricatures. Mm. And uh, as I tried to find out from people, okay, now, where did you learn that that's what biblical counseling is like? Or how did you find out that, or who told you NANC was like this? Well, I discovered that oftentimes it was leaders or (laughs) prominent influencers in other organizations. Mm. And that prompted me on multiple occasions to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, hey, uh, can we have a little bit of a talk? And we would talk about their particular emphasis. I would answer their questions about about NANC and what we believed and how we operated and what our standards were. And I would try to correct the caricatures. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I had to tell them, well, what I've heard about you is, and they would correct my uh, understanding of the organization. And out of that came some lasting friendships Mm. with people where it would have been very easy to kind of go through life viewing them as as enemies or critics, when in reality, they were misinformed. And in some cases, I had been misinformed. I had a a perception. No, that's really, yeah. That's part of what God used to help me form this opinion. Leaders in biblical counseling, we need to be talking to each other, not about each other. Yeah, and one of the areas where we agree is much, much larger than the areas where we disagree. Yeah, and I think that's one of the my favorite aspect of the ministry of the BCC is is building those relationships, investing in the people. I love that the actual physical getting together with uh, with everybody at our annual leadership summit is. I'm, you know, a highlight of many people's years and the pinnacle of what I get to do every year. Yes. Um, why? And, 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 and you're right. Like we have the confessional statement, and the doctrinal statement, everybody has to agree on those. And those are the essentials, but there are, there are differences in philosophy and opinion and other things like that. Uh, but as you, 
pointed out, those are minor, but they're also, we, they can be, there's an advantage to talking to and working with people who have differences and who disagree right. with you. What, right. what, um, how do you understand that? And, and like you said, you grew as a biblical counselor and grew as a leader from having conversations with other people. Um, why is it important for us to pursue those kind of relationships with people who don't see everything the way we see things? Yeah, well, let me let me try to answer that by going back to uh, the early years when I was in the pastorate. <clears throat> I w- served in an organization of churches that was known as a separatist uh, group of churches that it had been started in the 1930s in reaction to the liberalism and the Northern Baptist Convention. And um, our association of churches took great pride in being committed to the scriptures and uh, committed to the foundations of the faith, the fundamentals of the fundamental doctrines of the faith and so forth. And I think there developed a little bit of a pharisaical attitude that, you know, we're the ones that are really separate and pure from all the uh, theological weaknesses of other groups and so forth. But um, while I was a young pastor, I became a, uh, friends with uh, uh, another pastor in my town who's a bit older than me and who pastored in a different group of churches that in many ways would be similar to me doctrinally, but they emphasized some other peripheral things that were different. For example, he was in a group of churches that at that point in time, uh, they were King, King James Version only. Uh, he taught that women ought not to wear slacks and just some of the personal um, conduct things that were significantly different from what I believed and what I practiced. But as I got to know Chuck Smith, the pastor of the Fort Wayne Baptist Temple, and interacted with him, he became the most influential man in my life as a pastor in that town. And our discussions were so profitable to me that I came away from the influence with him. I mean, I didn't change any of my personal practices, but I grew in my appreciation for people that were different than me in mm-hmm. some areas. We agreed doctrinally on the basics. I mean, the, the fundamentals of the doctrine, the fundamentals of the faith. So I purposed that going through life, I was going to be willing to fuss. I'll be willing to die for the fundamentals of the faith, the inspiration of the scripture, the deity of Christ, the bodily resurrection, and you know what we call the fundamentals of the mm-hmm. faith. And I determined that I would be willing to fuss with people about what I call denominational distinctives, but I'm still going to go out and have lunch with you. And the other stuff, you know, I'm not going to get wrapped up in it. Yeah. And I've kind of carried that view to my leadership. I mean, with NANC, we demanded, and ACBC still does, that you've got to be committed to the fundamentals of the faith. Mm-hmm including the inspiration and errancy, and I would say the sufficiency of the scripture for meeting man's deepest needs. We have everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Christ and through his word. Mm -hmm. And so we set those standards and we've demanded that people stay to those. But I realized beyond those, there is diversity in how people minister the word. And that's where uh, I, I use the phrase, I'll fuss with you about it, but after we're done, let's go have lunch. And can learn from people who maybe have a different burden for ministry, a different style in some ways, but I don't have to break fellowship with them for that. Yeah. Why, um, 
not everybody is able seems to be able to have that perspective or um, carry that through in practice. Why why do you think it is such a challenge to have to have that kind of perspective and and have, be willing to pursue those kind of relationships? It's because of the amount of freedom that we enjoy as Americans. Hmm. Once we're persecuted, the issues are going to change for a lot of people. Yeah. And part of my philosophy was I want to be, I want to be standing for the things right now that I'm going to be standing for when we're persecuted. And I, I choose to fuss with people about the things we'll still be fussing about. And uh, when we're persecuted and with a lot of the stuff today in Christianity, you know, we're just, it's what I call friendly fire. I mean, instead of energy being directed toward reaching the lost and building disciples, I, I think sometimes way too much time and energy is being spent, you know, just criticizing other Christians. And I think a lot of issues are going to be changed once we're persecuted. And, um, you know, depending on what happens with the election and some of the things coming up in the future, I mean, that may not be as far off as we would hope it would be. But then you're going to discover, we will discover that uh, anybody who claims to follow Christ and who would say that I'm a biblical counselor and is trying to use the Bible to help people, we're going to view them as a friend, yeah. even if they do some things differently than we would do, or they emphasize some things differently than, you know, it's like in my own personal counseling ministry. One of the things I'm known for in my supervision is, is my emphasis on homework. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. And I think it's a very effective way of helping the counseling process to move along. And so I've kind of made that a, a focus of study in my own life and development. Well, there's other biblical counselors that um, are used of the Lord to help people that don't place near as much emphasis on homework as I do. Mm -hmm. They're just different, but they're a biblical counselor. And I think that's where sometimes it's the personality of the person or the past training experience or, uh, you know, just some of the things that have happened in our own life that have influenced our perspective, not just toward life, but also toward ministry. The Biblical Counseling Coalition invites you to join us in building unity by creating connection in the world of biblical counseling. The Building Bridges campaign is designed to help us expand and strengthen the network of biblical counseling ministries around the world. Our goal is to add $3,200 of ongoing monthly donations by the end of 2021. Whether you can give $10 a month or $500 a month, your support will help us accomplish this great mission. Visit biblicalcc.org, click on the donate button, and sign up to give today. So tell, tell me, uh, BCC is 10 years into it now. What has your experience been like over the last 10 years working with uh, people from all over different perspectives in biblical counseling, uh, different parts of ministry? You know, we minister to, prof we have professors, pastors, uh, parachurch ministry leaders. And then now, especially in the last few years, all over the globe, what's, yeah. what's that experience been like for you? Well, it's, it's been absolutely uh, refreshing for me and encouraging. And uh, as you said moments ago, I mean, one of the highlights of my year is the annual BCC Leadership Summit when we gather together and we not just uh, have some presentations, but I love the, the, the presentations, which are oftentimes about a half hour long, followed by at least a half hour, maybe 45 minutes 
of discussion and interaction. Mm-hmm. And it's, I love the iron sharpening iron and hearing from different uh, people. It's just wonderful. And then for me, one of the highlights are the meal times that we have together mm-hmm. where, you know, you're sitting across from people and you're interacting and friendships are being built. And uh, my life has been enhanced. I mean, I've been so encouraged by those times in the interaction. I mean, the, the discussions have been great, but I would say, man, just the personal interactions and the friendships and the encouragement and just hearing how God is blessing biblical counseling and expanding it around the world. I mean, it is tremendous what is happening right now. Yeah. And uh, I know if, if, if I didn't go to that summit, I would miss hearing some of that. And as a leader, I would have missed the opportunity of being encouraged in my own life and my own ministry. And um, it's just it's just tremendous. I mean, it's like when I go to the ACBC annual conference or this year, uh, do it do it virtually. When I hear Dale talk about how God is blessing the ministry and the, the tremendous growth in the number of number of counselors as an ACBC member and contributor, that's hugely encouraging to me. Yeah. But when I go to the BCC Leadership Summit, I hear about that same kind of thing around the world. Yeah. And it's a very, very edifying. And I think um, the leaders that come year after year, particularly those that um, have to, to, to travel and fly hours and hours and hours uh, to get there to it, but they keep coming because it's obviously being beneficial and encouraging to them. Yeah. What kind of, uh, I think everybody who's been testifies to that personal encouragement. And I'm obviously in my role, I'm really encouraged to hear that, really blessed to hear that. Uh, But I'm also really blessed by the fruit that God is bearing in different ways through ministries. How have you seen in your your personal ministry and then maybe uh, broadly speaking in biblical counseling as a movement, um, fruit from these collaborative, cooperative relationships? Yeah. The, the, the fruit that I would point to are the three books that the BCC has produced. And uh, I would encourage all the listeners to, to take advantage of getting those. Uh, Christ-centered biblical counseling is going to be released here, I think, soon after the first of the year, mm-hmm. the newest yep. edition of it. And that is a tremendous, tremendous book. And um, then the uh, the second one on scripture and counseling, um, just it is just so edifying and stimulating to me to even now to read those chapters. And uh, I, I'm helped and stirred. The last one on biblical counseling in the church, um, I, I usually hold that book up and say, this is the book the pastors have been looking for for years and years. Mm-hmm. How does biblical counseling fit into a local church ministry? And all of these books are the result of leaders in biblical counseling working together. Yeah. Most of the people who've been contributors have written other things privately and, and, and that's good. Mm-hmm. But man, the blessing that has come when there was a, a working together, when there was a symbiotic relationship, it has been just tremendous. So I would encourage the listeners to, to get those books and um, they, they would be greatly helped by them. Yeah. No, I really appreciate that. Uh, the, those ones are really tangible uh, fruit in that ministry as well. And it's, it's been encouraging. Even this past week, I was reading a book that doesn't have our name, doesn't have our logo, anything like that. But the, the author is this third edition just mentioned how one of the leadership summits in particular had 
encouraged him to ride a particular thing and hearing other, um, just hearing council members who after these conversations are inspired to go and think differently or to ride on a particular thing. It's just, yeah, it's very, it's super encouraging. And those things wouldn't happen. I think it's the evidence of the body of Christ universal that these things wouldn't be happening if we were alone in our, just staying in our lane, not interacting with other people. So that's good. Um, Down the road, as you think down the road, we live in a fallen world. Uh, none of us are perfect. What are some of the obstacles we need to be looking out for as a biblical counseling movement, and in particular as the as the BCC? Uh, I think we always have to be uh, concerned as individual Christians and as organizations about the influence of the world, hmm. and um, it's just so easy to pick up some of the world's terminology, phraseology, and perspectives. And, you know, we ought to keep coming back to what Colossians warns us, that we, we not be caught up with the philosophies of the world. So that means, I think, as leaders, we can't grow complacent. I mean, I've been really grieved this year by the numbers of uh, pastors and Christian leaders that have disqualified themselves from ministry. Mm. They've given the the enemies of God reason to blaspheme. And um, I think as biblical counselors, whose people, you know, as people who've uh, exhorted people to make pleasing God the focus of their life, and we claim to be following the scriptures carefully, when one of us messes up, I think the, the damage is even greater we have to be careful about that. We just have to continue hungering and thirsting for righteousness in our own lives and to keep growing, you know, in our own counseling skills, keep reading. Yeah. I think it's an organization. um, We have to guard against that. And I think we're going to have to probably organizationally think about how we're going to function as maybe the laws in some of our land in our land begins changing and um, how are we going to respond to some of the, the things that may be coming down the pike politically and legally, those are going to be some challenges. I think they're going to face us. I, again, I spoke earlier about the freedoms that we enjoy now. Um, I hope they continue, <clears throat> but I think we can even see on, like what's that? Hap- what's been happening in California? The restrictions on counseling. Mm-hmm. Other parts of the country, where laws are being passed. We're going to face some challenges that we would not even been thinking about 20, 20 years ago. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good word. We just here in Louisville, we just had the mayor and the city council pass laws regulating certain forms of counseling, and they're they're huh. trying to attack for sure. Um, it's you know related to reparative therapy. What's right. they but their understanding of reparative therapy sometimes they want to lump us in there, and uh, restrict our ability to minister to people who are struggling. Right. So exactly yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not just on the coast. I, you know, having moved out from California, I know that they get the bad rap, but it's here in Kentucky. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we have yeah. to. That's a good word. Well, what excites you about the future? Um, what are you when you think about the BCC, what we're doing, and what lies ahead? What kind of things excite you about that? Well, I think this is a fabulous day for ministry. Um, 
I mean, the the darker the the dark, the the brighter the light. Amen. <laughs> and uh, these are tremendous days for opportunities for ministry. Um, and I uh, I find great joy in, in encouraging churches to organize and formalize their counseling ministry. I know some churches that I'm working with right now that as they've organized and formalized their counseling ministry, and they've got counselors trained, and and of course I would encourage them to pursue ACBC certification. And as they make their counseling ministry known to the congregation, and then they begin reaching out to their community, what, what's happening in, in both cases, they end up with a waiting list. I mean, yeah. people are oh, waiting yeah. in line mm-hmm. to come onto a church property, walk down to a hallway, go into an office where some guy's got a Bible sitting or woman's got a Bible sitting on the desk and pour out their heart. And as the, the world uh, degenerates and things get harder and we begin reaping the results of sinful thinking, sinful yeah. behavior. Um, people are going to be more and more open to somebody who says there is, there are answers and they center around the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel and around his word. So these are fantastic days for, for ministry. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of what excites me. And going out of that is my concern for churches that, don't take time to organize and formalize their counseling. That's one of my joys right now is helping churches to learn how to do that. One of the frustrations is right now I'm supervising some people who've worked hard to get to this point in the ACBC certification process. And their challenge is they don't have anybody to counsel. Hmm. And it's because their church would say, I believe in biblical counseling, but they've never organized it. They've never got it together. It's not known in the community that you can come here and we'll help you. Mm. And here are these wonderful people who worked so hard to get to this point, but they don't have counselees. Yeah. I think that's really, really sad. Yeah. Well, and because your, your, your points go hand in hand there, there are plenty of people looking for it. Yeah, but we yeah. have to we have to make it available. We have to put it out there for people to to take advantage of. Well, no, that's that's really good. Well, Randy, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. We're towards the end of our time, and I reserve a segment at the end called Two Minute Favorites, just kind of a fun way for people to get to know you a little bit. Um, I can't guarantee it or promise it, but a few people have gotten their favorite candy delivered them in in the mail. So be sure to uh, <laughs> highlight that. Now the pressure's <laughs> on, huh? Yeah. So are you ready for this? All right, go ahead. Okay. What is your favorite food? Um, cereal. What is your favorite color? Blue. What is your favorite candy? Snickers. What is the favorite gift you've ever received? I received a cash gift one time to help me buy a new motorcycle. Favorite gift you've ever given? A wedding ring to my wife. Mm. Favorite word? Um. Uh, let's see. Vituperative. Hmm. Least favorite word. So. <laughs> favorite book of the Bible? Proverbs. Favorite book outside of Scripture? Uh, the Pastor, His Life, excuse me, The Preacher, His Life and Work by J.H. Jowett. Hmm. Favorite sport? Uh, probably football. Favorite sports team? Indianapolis Colts. Favorite Bible verse? 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, orange, excuse me, peach. Favorite quote? Ideas have consequences. Bad ideas have victims. 
hmm. by um, John Stone Street. Hmm. Favorite restaurant? Uh, Famous Dave's. If you had any superpower, what superpower would you choose? Uh, to be able to fly at a moment's desire. Yeah. Favorite uh, favorite animal? Dog. Uh, favorite job you've ever had, excluding your current job? Working interstate highway construction. If your mother were to describe you in one word, what word would she use? Uh, diligent. And what's one of the funniest experiences that you've ever had? When I was a pastor, I called the ushers forward to receive the offering. And as our custom was, I called on one of the ushers to lead in prayer for the offering. And he prayed and thanked God for the food we were about to eat. <laughs> well, that is great. That is great. Well, that that's you. You are well prepared, sir. Uh, you got through almost the entire list. Well, uh, Randy, thanks so much again for being with us today, and thanks so much for the work that you have done and continue to do for the kingdom of Christ. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.